Look, guys, I know the pandemic was hard on a lot of us. I get it. I really do. But now it's time to get back to normal. And what a better way to get back to normal than to go back to sporting events, to return to concerts. I mean, I already can't wait to start adding to my bucket list with each of those type of avenues. And what a better way to do it than to go through Megaseats.com. This episode is brought to you by Megaseats.com. And honestly, since the pandemic is over, these are the biggest things that I'm looking forward to. And the best thing about Megaseats actually is that the price that you see when you purchase a ticket for any of those events, that's the price you pay. How many times have we went to other third-party sellers and found out, oh, wow, that's a great price. But then you click on it and then a service fee pops up and then something for like the candy wrapper of something you might buy or maybe the wrapper for a straw is what they're going to charge you extra for because you got to tip the popcorn guy. No, 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 no. That doesn't exist with Mega Seats. You see, at Megaseats.com, the price you see is the price you pay. Unless you use code SSAW Network. That's right. You go to Megaseats.com. You see a concert that's coming up. You click purchase. That's the purchase price that you get. And then you put in the code SSAW Network, and they take 10% off of that. Go to Megaseats.com. Get back to life. Use the code SSAW Network and save 10% in the process. Let's go. to cover zero this is your host brandy i'm here with josiah and jordan how are you guys tonight man i'm doing great i mean this is the first time on this podcast we get to preview a raider postseason game it's already dope enough previewing wildcard weekend divisional round and all that these real real important games but to be able to be in this position right now beautiful thing yeah like you said bro it's a beautiful thing you know what i'm saying this is the first time and i know we just started the pod i get it you know but if you're a raider fan you know how long it's take how long it's taken to get to the playoffs it's been five years and before that you know it's been since 2000 and what two 2003 2002 season so uh it feels good to be in this position it feels good to be able to talk talk about them you know why they're here so i'm excited man so let me just say, first of all, congrats to you guys. I can't remember the last time I actually preferred the Raiders to win. Probably never. So it's definitely <laughs> a first for me on that one. We are going to obviously get into our wild card weekend for this preview. Um, but what I wanted to do is start with your guys' game, Raiders and Bengals. So... I have a lot of questions about this game. This game for me is kind of tough to pick my front runner just because it's been a while for both teams. And I don't really know what to expect with this one. Six years for the Bengals to be exact. I look at the Bengals already winning this season with that matchup. But that doesn't really mean much to me when it comes to 
you know, playoff, wild card, high risk. So my question to you guys is, what do you guys see being key for your squad, the Raiders, to get this win? Um, I know that the Bengals are a six-point favorite, but again, to me, that means nothing when it's Bengals in front of favorite in a playoff game. So um, I will start with Jordan. What do you see being the takeaways for your squad to come up with this huge playoff win? Really, it's going to start, Josiah and I have talked about this a lot, just about football in general. And I think really with this game and the matchup, the way these two teams at least stack up against each other, it's going to have to be up front in the trenches because last time they played, there was a lot. It was kind of a tale of two halves. And the Raiders were completely unable to run the ball with any type of consistency. Derek Carr was trying to settle into life without John Gruden, life without Henry Ruggs. And since then, he's, the Raider offense has been able to really transform themselves into a unit that can run the ball better. And that's going to really help them be able to stay in the manageable down in distances with what we're getting from this offensive line from a pass blocking standpoint. The offensive line for Las Vegas has got better at run blocking, very much so. Andre James has been blocking his ass off going Hell forward. Yeah. Hell yeah. And even Alex Leatherwood mm-hmm. is making strides in that area of an offensive lineman's game. He still has a lot of work to do. Both of our guards still got a lot of work to do. and going to have their hands full anchoring and pass protection, as well as Brandon Parker going against Trey Hendrickson. That one really scares me. So I want to see Chip help on that side to wherever he is. Colton will be able to hold up one-on-one in protection there. But being able to run the game and keep Carr in third and short, we can keep Carr in third and short. I'm confident in converting those. I'm confident in Hunter Renfro being able to separate. I'm confident in Darren Waller being able to continue to be a mismatch nightmare in those areas. And the longer that that offense is out there and moving and establishing drives, the better that it's going to do really honestly for either team in this area. Because last game, Joe Mixon was a non-factor in the first half. Non-factor in the first half. The defensive line and the second-level players were making all kinds of plays. Denzel Perryman, I want to say, had like 13 tackles in that game himself. But in the second half, he really got going. And that ended up hurting the Raiders a lot. For the most part, though, last time, granted, this Bengals passing offense is also a different unit than they were when they first played. So if the Raiders are going to want to go ahead and get a victory, it's going to also start up front with allowing, not allowing Burrow to be able to set himself up back there. We've talked about a lot on this show throughout the course of the year, how Cincy's offensive line has basically been performing above expectations. Yeah. And the Raiders were able to get 18 pressures on Joe Burrow last time they played. And it again dropped off as the course of the game went on. And Burrow still didn't have a, at least the game that we have come to expect of him with the way that Cincinnati's offense closed out the season. There wasn't, I think he only finished with like 140, 150 yards, one touchdown that went to chase. But as far as like taking over the game, bombing it all over the yard, like we've seen the last several weeks when they really, you know, crank up the knobs and put the foot on the gas. Right. I think the Raiders are, should be able to control that and be able to manage the passing, the passing game from you know, their defensive perspective. So apart from basically that starting up front with you know, owning the trenches and the Raiders staying in third and short, really just got to, how would I put it, continue to, Derek Carr cannot play. We've seen, Josiah knows, being a Raider fan, Derek Carr cannot play when he's looking for the short completion first. 
if he's looking for the check down first, this is a Derek Carr that's not aggressive. This is a Derek Carr that's basically playing into the hands of his opponent. When, right. Derek, when Derek Carr looks downfield and looks to attack, yeah, right, that's when this offense really comes to light. And sometimes he can't because the offensive lines inequities and things right, like that. Right, right. But overall, it's just a way to approach it. And that'll that usually with him, that usually with him is evident throughout the first few drives of the game. It's just I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's like kind of how he feels the offensive line is going to play against his opponent. I don't know what it is, but you, it's something that overwatching Carr throughout the course of his career, and I, I would say these two years, and then to the two previous years, you see almost two different quarterbacks. And in this first playoff game that he's been able to play in, been through so many rebuilds, never had a defense to work with him like this one, and gone through everything that he did in just this season alone. I gotta have a feeling he's gonna he's gonna look to attack. He's gonna look to to push the ball downfield. He's gonna look to go get the win, and that's really where I would start as far as what would need to happen. Establish it that way. Work off the play action and just basically go from there. Yeah, I gotta agree. I gotta agree. A lot of good points, bro. Uh, I think it. I think the same thing. It starts with the trenches. I I really feel like we need to go in this game. We need to run the ball. It's going to be, I mean, it's easier said than done. You know, I know that's mm-hmm. what they're going to expect, especially, you know, the games that we came off of. We've been running the ball really effectively. When Josh Jacobs had, you know, what, 130-plus yards, I believe. Um, and then the game before that versus the Colts, you know, he also had a 100-plus yards. So he's been balling out. They know that we know that it's going to be a bad-weather game. And normally when it's a bad-weather game like that, every team wants to run the ball. But I feel like we have a chance to really to really do that because our offensive line has been playing a lot better in the run game. The pass protection has been okay. And going back to Derek Carr, like or going what you were saying with Derek Carr is I feel like when the line, and that was a really good point you brought up, when the line is blocking the way they should be, Carr is more effective. He's definitely a lot more effective. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've noticed that even when the pressure is on him, he's running out the pocket, and he's trying to make something happen. And I mm-hmm. think that's what Raider fans have been wanting to see. We got tired of the, you know, the check downs and, and expecting the running backs or the wide receivers to try to gain eight yards or whatever it is. You know, I mean, it'd be third and eight. He throw it a yard. Wide receiver got to get nine more yards or, you know, whatever, 10 more yeah, yards. Yeah, like doing whatever that when, like, the pressure ain't on him. Like, just immediate check down. Okay, I got a completion. You know what I mean? Yeah, you. you know, and, and that's why a lot of, not just Raider fans, but media outlets was was saying, like, you know, okay, he's just patting his stats, you know. And, and it felt like that, you know, because his stats would look good, but we were losing, you know. And I mentioned this on SSAW, shout out the page. You know, I'd rather have a clutch car with okay stats or average stats. Yes. And wins. Yes. <laughs> you know, any, any day. You know what I mean? That's we're four in a we're, we won four in a row and he's been okay. He hasn't been that good. You know, he he's been okay. He's not offensive line. Like I said, they've been better in run blocking, not pass blocking. He's been aggressive at times, you know, but we're here. With Cincinnati and like going back to that first game. And this is what we really, you know, I think our defense really plays a good part with this team. You know, Gus Bradley, obviously, his cover three, you know, playing deep, not really using no type of blitzes. I think it works in our favor with this team. Because mm-hmm. Joe, Joe, you know, he's explosive. He's an explosive quarterback. He likes to go for the touchdown. He's like the, the Patrick Mahomes from last year. Patrick Mahomes is 
you know, that offense still like to go for the TDs, but we've noticed him taking the taking what he can when when he can. You know, um, that that's like a first of this year. Normally, we 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 see that offense. KC is what I'm talking about. We see that offense normally always going for the TDs. That's how Cincinnati is. That's how Joe is, and that's what kind of defense we we run. We run that type of defense, and so our I think it will be in our favor. And when you look at that matchup, when we first played them, it was a pretty close game all the way up until the fourth quarter. Yep. They put up 19 points. Joe Mixon, you know, really took off, you know, uh, and it just was it was just a different game in that second, really in the fourth quarter. Really, yeah, that's what it was. Like the score did not indicate that didn't illustrate how the game really went. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is this is going to be a really good game. I know, you know, the Bengals are favored, you know, and rightfully so. They should be. It's at home. They're playing their type of weather. You know, uh, they're on fire right now on offense. We've seen what we did as far as giving up, what is it, fourth uh, or six fourth downs, completions, or whatever it was versus the Chargers. So, I mean, we we got to tighten up. This is going to be a tight matchup for sure. But I don't think – I don't think they're going to blow us out. It's going gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna to be a tight matchup. I like this game. This is Obviously, I mean, us being in there, it, it excites us, but – this I feel like is going to be a better game. Like for example, if we would have tied and we were, if we would have get went against the uh, the Chiefs, I don't want. Then, I didn't want that. I'm just gonna yeah. Play. I don't think nobody really. <laughs> that. I was gonna ask y'all. What is... Right, right. You know what I'm saying? That 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 was something we didn't want. You know what I'm saying? So this one right here, this is this is the game where okay, we could take this game right here and we can see you know where it goes from here. We have to watch out. Obviously, they're explosive with the wide receivers. We know how they can, you know, how 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 they can get open and whatnot. And then if you look too versus the Chiefs, although they like the explosive plays and whatnot, in that game, Joe did do something a little bit different. That offense did something a little bit different. He was taking what was given to him. That was kind of almost like a first. You know, we didn't really you go back and watch that game. He wasn't, I mean, he was explosive, but he took a lot of underneath the uh underneath throws as well. So I'm curious to see if they're gonna take that approach in this game. We'll see. But, yeah, this is going to be a really good game. It's going to be a really good game. I feel like you guys have had a hell of a season, right? So much adversity and just mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, I feel like that has also kind of strengthened your team in some way. You know, that last game, you could just see the fight in you guys. And I don't know. I can't really off the top of my head, remember watching like you guys play the way you have been these last couple of games. What do you guys think about the year you've had leading up to this playoffs, giving you that type of advantage? It was something I mentioned to Henry on the Sunday night recap show that dropped this previous Monday. And And I asked him, I was like, and I'll ask you guys too, do you remember the show Playmakers? You remember that show uh, with Omar Gooding? Yes, I was like, wait, I'm, I'm I see the face. Yes, yeah, I, I heard you mention it on the show, but I don't remember the show. So it was a remember- show like on ESPN, basically like a, a like a like a half hour. Like they only, I think it only went one season, and it was like about the dark side of the NFL, right? You know, like uh, ooh, this there's this, there's all this drug use, there's like illegal drugs, and then steroids and coke and all whatever this stuff, and there's like you know this. 
like like dudes getting in like trouble with like uh, the law and then like cheating on women and like possible murders and all this stuff. It reminded yeah. me of like a last chance you, but for the NFL. <laughs> but for the NFL and like worse because all the stuff that's like over time that has casted a dark cloud over the NFL, you, that everything, you know, DV, CTE, drugs, all this stuff, DUI, everything, you know, all of that happened to one team on that show. And it was supposed to be a depiction of the NFL, but it's like not one team goes through all of that in one year. So that made it seem pretty unbelievable. Well, then the Raiders in 2021 season happened. Right. <laughs> and they went through everything. And it's just for one team to endure all of this in one year and still make the playoffs. It's just phenomenal. It's like it's normally a lot of people will chalk it up to as and we've said this before on the show too, same old Raiders. Same old Raiders. Oh, it's just the mm -hmm. Raiders. You know, but when you really quantify all of these things, not just injuries, which there's been a lot of through, I mean, and every team deals with injuries. Sure. I get that. So we, we put that, we can put that on the shelf, but like all the other things, even in the slew of all of this, like Damon, Ar what happened with Damon Arnett gets casted away and like, like completely forgot about just because everything else has just become like, it's like, like that snowball at the top of a mountain. That's going to that's going to create a giant, you know, avalanche of a snow, a snowball as it rolls downhill it accumulates more shit. And there is a course there was a point in this season where it seemed like that snowball was not going to stop growing. That snowball of turmoil and adversity was going to continue to increase in weight. And it kept seeming like how in the world are we going to be able to survive it once it gets to the bottom of the mountain? Mm -hmm. Well, this team did now and is one of the remaining 14 teams. In the, in the NFL, looking to get back to the top of the mountain with the start of the playoffs right now. It's really remarkable to look at. And this is going to be something that I think there's going to, there might even be, a, there should be a 30 for 30 on it. Exactly. I'm glad you it. said it. I was going to say it, bro. <laughs> I yeah. was going to say it. Need to, be a, a, need to be a 30 for 30 on this. Yeah, wait, wait a few years and let that happen. Yeah. Now, now I'm thinking about a 30 for 30. That's a good idea. There, there has to be one. Got to. Okay, so what do you guys have as your score for this game? <laughs> go ahead, bro. I was going to tell you to go ahead, but all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> no, go. No, I got it. Listen, I got it. I got it. Know, they already know my score. <laughs> what, what, a million to negative two? <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> No, uh, I mean, yeah. So this was one I started as I started to look at it and started to really think about it, which I started doing that the, the second that I got done recording the show on Sunday night with Henry. And I started to be like, man, and I started to think about, man, this the way the Bengal team just has been and how the Raiders have won late game heroics and how the Bengals have just been putting on these crazy performances. But then kind of just looking back at who they were doing this against. And the only other factor that I didn't mention within the preview or like within my take on how the Raiders got to win is this, these Bengals receivers are nasty. And I think Nate Hobbs in the slot on if that's T Higgins on if that's Tyler Boyd, usually it's Boyd. When we run cover three, one of the areas of cover three that can be a weakness is if the off the defensive line doesn't get pressure, which both Josiah and I have mentioned. And then also if you can't stop the seam in the middle of the field. 
So those two things, they take it away. I do think the score will round into the way that I thought. And at first it was like, man, I know where my heart is. I know my heart wants the Raiders (laughs) to win, but where is my head? So then I went back and I watched yesterday the Raiders game on the all 22 and I watched the fourth quarter over and I watched the whole entire game just back to back. And it's just like this team was there and playing the complete game is what it's going to take to be able to deliver the score of the Raiders taking the victory 26 to 24. I like that. Um, (laughs) I like it because, okay, so you know me and my two different score scenarios. (laughs) I I still haven't chosen my winner of this game. And I've been looking at the betting lines and they keep moving. Like it's, it's definitely all over the place. It is, as much as I dislike you guys, I probably distrust the Bengals more than that. Um, So it's hard for me because my initial score that I had was 31-24 Bengals. But for my Raiders winning, which is if, you know, when I wake up and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm putting this one in. I do yeah, we have need to it. Put all the Raider energy into the universe, Brandy. Okay. Cover you, your podcast, pushing all but, the Raider energy into the world. But see, I told you that like sometimes my picks are like jinx and I do that on purpose. So I'm like, maybe I do that and choose the Bengals to jinx it. And then it's like, oh no, universe, you got me. Mm, but I tricked you <laughs> and Raiders win. So my Raider score of if they do win, I do have um, 27. 21 my Bengals okay. score is 31 24 so i'm still deciding between those i it i just oh, i i can't picture myself putting money on the Bengals until i actually have a reason to put money on the Bengals. Mm-hmm. it's it's been i mean 31 years Yo, that's, yeah. I have a I my team has a playoff no, drought. My team has a playoff drought. It is not. I mean, or excuse me, playoff win drought. Mm-hmm. It is not thirty-one <laughs> years. I, Which is I, crazy because they made the postseason so much. I forgot it was that long since they won. Thirty-one years. It's hard for me to say like, oh, you know what? But they look so good. This but they've looked good before. I don't know if I can put money on that. Yeah, and they looked know. better before. Like those or, that, that you know what I mean? Carson like, Palmer year. They looked yes. better until Carson Palmer yes. broke his leg. Yeah, Carson Palmer, yeah, that, that situation right there. They probably would have beat the Steelers that game. They might have went all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure I bet on the Bengals that game, and I think that's what's haunting me right now. I can't do it. I don't think I can do it. It, it's hard. Like, I mean, we, we sometimes we get caught up in that, though. I, I get what you're saying. We all – I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Like, oh, they haven't won again. But at the same time, we got to realize, like, man, this is a different team, different coaches. Completely staff. different everything. everything. Is different, you know. And they're going against a team that's also a lot different. That's what – but that's what I'm saying. Like, with your type of year and the way you guys came out of the year you had, it's hard for me not to choose, y'all. It's like that – especially just with that last game, like, it was so good. It was such a good, just 
This is one of the best games ever. It was so inter- it was so entertaining. Game of the year. Yeah, you could just see both teams like, okay, not nah, like no. Oh, okay, they did that. Okay, cool. Like, what are we about to do? Okay, let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go back out here. Put your helmets on. Like, I I just I it's hard. I think also that last game is also clouding me for y'all because I'm like, wait, that was so good. Y'all could do that. You could fight like that. You you. Ah! <laughs> um. I those are my two. Those are my two scores. I'm usually not this indecisive. Like I I have my score set or my winner set, but. I just don't know what this one. I'm going to have to actually sit on this one this week. I'm not as bold on this. as This is my non-bold game for a winner. The other ones, I think I'm pretty set. This one? Mm, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I only got one other game where I'm kind of like, eh. Right, right. The rest of them, uh, I got, at least, I mean, of course, it's the, it's, it's the NFL in 2020, well, 2022 now. But we saw the way this whole entire season went, so anything right. is possible. Right. All the Colts needed to do to get to the playoffs was beat the flipping Jaguars. I but chose that upset because, again. So did Paul. I saw Paul going nuts on the game thread. Who are we going to spoil? Indy, we coming for you. He had, like, nine comments on that. Let me, t- let me tell like, you, this, this, man, this man had a Jags jersey on, a Jags hoodie, his chain, like he was ready I for the game. I seen <laughs> y'all, y'all, he was like, "Oh, turnover, turnover, chain, like, oh, let's go." But I also was like, I and I didn't tell him that I chose them until like you know closer to the end of the game because I was like, I don't want to jinx it because every time I'm like, "Oh, I chose y'all for this upset," he's like, "Why? Why did you do that to me?" But this one, it's not the first time the Jags have done that to the Colts. I'm just saying, like, I couldn't. I was like, eh, this would be the one game. I really remember like starting that Sunday. Cause I sit there, I put my laptop on the, on the coffee table. I turn <laughs> on the TV with the red zone and I got one, I got two screens going. I got my notepad and everything. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the game thread before stuff starts. Like as it's just kicking off comment, comment, Paul Mason, Paul Mason, Paul Mason, Paul Mason, Paul Mason, Paul. And I'm like, this dude is really confident that they're going to win, whatever. Then the next time I look at the score, it's like 30 to three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bro, they have not beat them till since 2014. It's, it's been years, bro. It's been years. That's and Philip and you know wasn't that the, what? But I think that was the year they ruined the Colt season. Then that's why I was like, ruin the Colt season again. That's I guess all you guys will do. But do that. You do you. You get that. <laughs> and then the last game, what they didn't blow them out. By the way, I mean, when it was in Indianapolis, the Colts didn't dominate. That's what made me like, okay. Jaguars is bad this year. Yeah, they've been bad a lot of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always, they seem to always be in the top five. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 was crazy. I did see that too, especially the chain. The chain. I was like, yeah, my nigga Paul, man. Nigga oh Paul. my gosh, <laughs> y'all! Like I came back home. I was listening to it on the radio. Then I came back home and I was like, I literally took a sigh before I opened the door because I was like, it's about to be crazy in here. And I opened the door. I was like, yep, and he's lit, <laughs> and it's lit. I mean, you know, good for good for them. My score, I got 33-30. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, Raiders. I just, you know, I I feel like we need to run the ball, but I, at the same time I feel like it's going to it's going to I think the second half maybe towards maybe the end of the third quarter it's going to turn out to a little shootout a little bit, you know, because I don't think the run game is going to go the way that we want it to go. Because 
they're expecting that. And I think it's going to, you know, break open in the second half. Like I said, in the, somewhere in the third quarter. And I think it's going to turn out to be that way. And because of how our defense is and the way we play, I'm going to go ahead and give us the edge. I wouldn't bet on it. Somebody asked me today, one of the homies asked me today, I, I wouldn't bet on the game just because how explosive they are and how many fourth downs we give up. <laughs> so I wouldn't bet on it, but I'm going to say 33-30 on this one. 33-30. Yeah. Sitting that good. What's that? Lomos. Almost 14 ahead of the over-under. Over-unders. Yeah, I was 40, like, what? Yeah, 49 <laughs> and a half. Yeah, 49 now. They dropped. That's crazy. From this morning, the spread went from five to six, and then from 49 and a half down to 49. They actually uh, were initially predicting snow, and now we're only sitting at a 10% chance of precipitation, but it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. And you know, car is not good in cold games. He's, he's just not. He's not good at cold. That's why we need to run the ball. But I just think at uh, some point I did not even think about car and cold. You're right. He's, he's, he's not he's good in cold weather. But no, I think he because is. he's in the playoffs, because he's in the playoffs, and I think at some point he's going to feel like he needs to take over. So that's why I think it could turn into a shootout. But you know, and, and that's, that's the thing. You really don't want to run into a team that's on a four game winning streak. That's the thing. This team has got so much confidence right now. They ain't lost. You guys have already brought it up. They ain't lost everything you could possibly think of. Everything that that could happen in a team and an organization in 10 years and happen to us in one year. I mean, this team is riding on a lot of confidence right now. So this I is was just hyping up Burrow, huh? You're right. <laughs> I mean, right. No, I'm just saying oh. <laughs> You're right. This is a team nobody I don't think really want to play because there's nothing. We're just happy to be here. <laughs> In a so, sense, that's that's, that's kind of yeah. That's that's yeah. I think both. I think both squads, like in a way, are because yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll say it again. I was so wrong. I thought Zach Taylor would his name would have already been called yesterday. <laughs> I thought bro, so. we both did. You good, bro? Okay. Well, I mean, look, you're right. <laughs> you're Matter of right. fact, none of us had them making the playoffs. Although Henry had correct had a record. Nobody right. Henry had, had him like six seven. Oh, that's true. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. We had. Jordan had probably what two wins. I had like four. It we we both had bad. him getting fired. The, the last two, the two worst takes I've had during preseasons. <laughs> the, one of them was this one, and then the other one I will never forget it. When we in to preview the twenty twenty season, Brandy is when I said that your football team might be the worst team in the league, and y'all made it into the. Playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> that year, didn't I have us winning three games that year? <laughs> I think so. I, I think I was like, I, I think we're going to. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I said four because the previous season I said three. And I was like, you know, I think we can improve one game. So four. Because <laughs> yep. this year I was like, mm, I didn't expect to win the division. So this game, this season I'll give us six. Okay, well, expectations beat. We got mm-hmm. seven, y'all. Just kidding. Oh, my God. It's a mess. A mess. <laughs> A mess. I do remember you saying that. Yeah, I sure did. I think everyone said that, though. I don't think that was like. Maybe they I, had y'all that's finishing why I th- not well, but I don't know if anyone else said you'd be the worst team in the league. Oh, that's true. You did say you did I say worse. Yeah, you you did put us all the way at the bottom. I'm like, we're oh, bottom, but we're not bottom, bottom. <laughs> Like, I like, mean, like, come we, on, we I live with a Jags fan, hello. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. I totally yeah, I don't yeah. always miss, but when I do. <laughs> but when I do. <laughs> he's like, wait, hold my beard. Exactly. I got one for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's move into this next game. I know you guys are not quite set on this game. So we have 49ers and Cowboys. This is always, well, most times a very fun matchup as a um, non-Cowboy fan. I I really like um, this rivalry. Um, I love how Niner fans show up and show out all the time and just uh, see a red glory in wherever they go with the Cowboys. It's great. I love that. Um, but football-wise, I want to get into this because I do think this is going to – I have this as my closest matchup. Um, and I'm going to tell you kind of what leads me into my decision, and it's numbers. So these are two teams that are so hot. They've both won the last, what, four or five? Uh, yes, they, well, San Fran, I do know. Or did San Fran lose? No, San Fran took, they took one loss to Tennessee on that Thursday night when they basically took a loss to AJ Brown when that happened. But San Francisco, you're right. As far as like them, like rolling in the second half of the season, they started three and five and are now seven and two cents. Okay. Yes. So that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, looking at that, looking at just this rivalry, looking at the matchup, Looking at both teams being hot, it's hard to choose because you're like, wait, Dallas, best offense ever. You're looking at their last two weeks of like putting up 56 and 51 points and then you go, for me, oh, you played us? Oh, you played like the Eagles 10 string? Just kidding. But, you know, like, okay, great. And it looks like their offense was kind of getting it rolling a little bit more from the struggles that we previously discussed. What I look at is keys in this game or keys leading up to this game. So we're sitting here, we're looking at a hot teams, offense and sometimes defense. I'm going to get into that. Dallas, have you guys looked at how many yards per rush attempt they've allowed in their last 11 of 12 games. Just they are ranked 23rd worst. 23rd worst. <laughs> Four and a half yards per rushing attempt and over a, like 100 more rushing yards allowed in their last 11 of 12 games. I get it. They're on a roll. Their defense is good. But we're talking about like the Niners. We're, ta- we're talking about the Niners. We're talking about a team, you know, okay, let's ignore the quarterback situation. We'll even just take out quarterback situation. You have Samuel, you have Kittle, you have Mitchell, you have Jennings. You just have a roster that's not what Dallas has been dominating against, right? Then I'm looking at the Niners' defense, which has been solid as of lately. They haven't allowed over 300 total yards since week 14, and they've held each of their last 
five opponents under 25 points. I feel like if that defense comes out and puts pressure on that Dallas offense and can keep the Cowboys at a lower score, meaning the 25-point mark or lower, the Niners have a real shot to win this game. And it's not like they go into this game intimidated because, again, the Niners love playing the Cowboys. They're like, bring that on. We're ready. So uh, it's hard. It's hard for me to choose this game just because I think it's going to be close. But then it's not hard for me outside of not liking the Cowboys to pick based on these numbers and just based on what I have seen from the Cowboys schedule and them playing playoff caliber teams, I haven't yet seen them break that mark. Now, I do not think they can't break that mark. I do not think that they cannot win a playoff game or two. I just don't know if they have truly gotten that I don't know. Like, I don't know if they have it. I have the Niners. The this game is uh, Cowboys are what three and a half point favorite. Sitting at three. I think it's just a solid three. Did yeah, it three move point. to three? It's three. Yeah, moved to three. Yeah, it was three and a half earlier. Yep. See, these lines are just moving, so it's hard. It's but... They're, they're going to keep doing that as the money come in, which is why right? everybody listening. We record on a Tuesday. It's going to change. That's what I'm saying. But I do have the Niners in this game 27-24. I have them right under that 25-point mark, and I have the Niners winning by three. Niners by three. <laughs> and I look, I'm not um we're not gonna talk about the we're not gonna talk about my jinx picks. That's really not one of them. Um I just I don't know. Um, I feel like that Cowboys-Cardinals game was another round of deja vu of watching an awesomely talented and superior Cowboys team not be able to figure out how to beat another good team. And I'm not saying that the Niners are the better team in this matchup. I'm saying... Kind of how the Bengals, I felt about the Bengals. Like, again, y'all got to show me more against solid teams. I get it. You're hyped. You beat the Washington football team. You beat the Eagles. And that's great in our division because, I mean, any division win, you're like, ha-ha, F you guys, gotcha. Get it. But when it comes down to playoffs, I need you to, like, playoff. I I need to see that same type of energy, that same type of fight, that same type of W column when it comes to teams that are actually at your level or near it. So there you go, guys. Um, And I'm not changing my mind on this one. I am set. Pour the concrete. Pour the concrete. (laughs) Pour the concrete. Sign the contract. It's, It's done. It's a wrap. This one's this one's tight, man. This one's tight. You know, obviously, everybody that hadn't heard the episode, what, maybe two or three weeks ago, me and, uh, you know, Henry had a debate on the Cowboys and who they can beat. And this is one of the teams that I thought they could they could beat. You know, but just looking at how the Niners have been playing, man, it's really 
you know, it's 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 making me go back and forth because they've been able to really run the ball just and, – and Kyle Shanahan, that's just what he does, you know. That's just what he does. When we looked at this recent game here, you know, the Rams kind of had that game on lock. And, I mean, Jimmy made some clutch throws, but they just kept running the ball. They just kept pounding the rock. And there was nothing the Rams could do about it. And he was so creative with it. I mean, hey, man, that was some beautiful stuff. Beautiful, bro. It's nothing that, you know, the Rams could do. I mean, he could run with anybody back there. We've seen what he was able to do with Debo. You've seen what he – it don't matter what running back is back there, what wide receiver is back there. He's able to gain chunks of yards, it almost seemed, at least in that game, on each play. And they got a real talented defensive line. They got a real talented defensive defensive team, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. mm-hmm. the Cowboys, they do have they're, – they're, you know, they have some talent too as well, but not as much talent as the Rams. I think what really get me with, with, with the Cowboys is they got so much talent. I think that's not as so much, much as the Rams, but just offensively with, with Dak, obviously with Cooper, C.D. Lamb, you know, they, they got – Elliot, and I'm blank. I'm blanking on the uh, the other young running back as well. I'm Tony Pollard, Elliot. yeah, who a lot of Cowboy fans want to start over Elliot. You know, so they got a lot of talent. I do. Offense. I'm not a Cowboy fan, but I want Pollard over Elliot. And you know, it's crazy. It's not just even you know you like even Cowboy fans. They want Pollard. A lot of them that I talk to, they want him yeah. to start. So you know, I mean, they have a mm-hmm. lot of talent, and that's what makes this game so interesting. But then they also got talent on that defense as well. You know, Parsons has been just dominating. He's been killing. And I'm going to be honest with you. We've been bashing Jimmy, you know, uh, us, you know, SSA, everybody. We 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 haven't liked what we've seen from him. But that last game, he made some really clutch throws, some throws that he was missing through the, in the Super Bowl, throws that he's just – he's missed in big games. He made in that game. So that was good to see, but I haven't seen it enough. And that's what makes mm-hmm. me think – I mean, if those throws don't happen, I don't know if that running game continues to happen. I think eventually they end up stopping it, and the Rams end up, you know, putting a stop to it. This game right here, I think they end up getting a Jimmy G on this. And you would think, it's crazy, because you would think with the Rams, like, man, you know, the Rams got a better defensive line. Why, you know, but it just didn't go down that way. I think Cowboys, I think they're going to get a little bit more pressure on Jimmy G. In this game, I like their offensive weapons. I think they can put up more points than the Niners. I think the the thing with the Niners, though, and see, this is another game. I I probably wouldn't if I bet it would be a low scoring bet. I like to bet big, and this one this is one. If I bet this would be a low this would be a low bet for me if I end up betting somebody ten dollars. Yeah, something like ten. You know, twenty. You know what I'm saying twenty. 50, that's like low. 20, that's like low. You know what I'm saying. I mean, you could go. You could take ten on the money line at plus one thirty for the Niners, right there. You know what I mean? And kind of maximize your stuff. You know that ain't bad. Mm-hmm. That ain't bad. It's like when Mario no. eat the mushroom. <laughs> you know, you grow your money. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys on this game. I don't feel confident saying that. Part of me want to say the Niners because of what they've been able to do. No, don't do it. Don't think that. <laughs> and, their, and their defense, their defense, the Niners' defense has been getting after these QBs. I mean, they're they're they really have. They've been really putting a lot of pressure and getting sacks. But I mean, Dak. One thing I will say when you come, at least in last game, compare Dak to Matthew Stafford. Stafford, 
I mean, maybe they're around the same, I guess. I mean, Dak might. I don't know who who you want to say is a little bit better. Dak can scramble better, that's for sure. So. Yeah, the two of them been really going back and forth on like they're kind of. I, I get why you like put them up in comparison, not just because they played against each other, but like play style and just play what style kind of everything done in twenty twenty one. You know what I mean? Yeah, who who's a better? Who's really truly a better? Pa- Matthew Stafford might be a better passer by a little, okay, but then Dak is able to get away from pressure by a lot, and and that's the pre- the pressure the Niners is going to bring. It's gonna be, you know, it's it's gonna be some pressure. So I'm gonna edge the Cowboys on this one. I also think this is gonna be a high scoring game. I'm gonna go 36 30 Dallas on this game. Not confident at all. Part of me wanna pick the Niners because of that, because of what they've been able to do. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Dallas on this. And I'm I'm gonna say Dallas. You are like you, bro, you are over the over again. I you know it was like this score is high. <laughs> Take the put that money on the over then. Yeah, I'm, well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll see. I mean, put that money on the over. Over sitting at 50 and a half. And you got to, you said 36, 30, 30? You said 36, 30? Yeah, 36, 30. So you had six, 66. Yeah. On the, uh, put, put that on that over. When I was previewing this game, I was talking about this right before we started recording. And this was the toughest game over the entire course of wildcard weekend for me to honestly really parse where I think the Raider one was a battle between my heart and my head. And, but not, not like it wasn't like complete. It wasn't two complete separations. It was like, you know, they whistling at each other, you know, from one side of the sidewalk to the other, not a street. It wasn't that wide. You know what I mean? The margin wasn't that wide with this game. It's like, we got two people on the same hopscotch court at the same time, like just jumping it together back and forth, one over the other. And so, and the reason is because it's a, it's a lot of what you guys both are talking about. It's like when you think about how this season went for both of these squads, Dallas, they have, it seems like every time that they have had success, like you were saying, Brandy, that they are measured up against what their season record has been and who they have played. And <clears throat> while Dak Prescott is in the running, I think, for a comeback player of the year, he necessarily wouldn't get my vote. I'd vote for a quarterback that we talked about in the previous game, not named Derek Carr. I'd, I'd vote for Joe Burrow as far as comeback player of the year myself. But uh, but Dak, over the last month, 13 TDs and zero picks. All you can really do is go out there and play who's in front of you. And they they beat the Eagles, sure. Molly whopped them yet again. Eagles are in the playoffs. Make of that what you will. <clears throat> but there is a universe, definitely, for sure, where they can beat this Niners team. This Niners team had problems late with the Titans when they were pretty depleted. They had their problems as well with, who is it, the Seahawks as well, playing in Seattle, who's just was not good this year. It just kind of all fell apart up there in the Pacific Northwest for them. But when I think about this game, it really comes down to what Jimmy G does with the football and how he can protect it. How is Jimmy G going to be able, is he going to be able to turn the ball over is is that going to take the running game away from Kyle Shanahan more than Kyle Shanahan takes the running game away from his team that really could be one because this Dallas defense is primarily func- they primarily function off of splash plays and big plays Micah Parsons getting strip sacks DeMarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory getting sacks and we all know how much Trayvon Diggs has been brought up with his 11 picks and if Jimmy G is going to turn the ball over that's just going to give that offense, like you talked about, Josiah, with all those talented pieces in it, another chance. 
and and chance after chance after chance and possession after possession after possession. And sooner or later, a defense just can wear down. That's one route that this can go. But the one thing that I have seen lately, mostly honestly since, I mean, we've only seen a few, a couple of games that I would say since that Texans, that Titans game where Jimmy really just, those turnovers ended up being too much for his team to overcome, is that we've seen Kyle allow him to basically, like he, I feel like in that Rams game especially, he really, really did an amazing job of, okay, I need a throw here. Let me give something to Jimmy that's pretty easy enough, something that he can execute. And he did. Like you were talking about, Josiah, there were those throws in the clutch that really needed to happen. First one that comes to mind is when he hit Jermichael Hasty over the middle when the pressure was getting on him on a third and three. He hung in the pocket and took a shot, even though he's sitting there with basically half a hand playing on his throwing hand. Then the other one that he hit on the play action of Brandon Ayuk, and then the other seven stop route that he hit to Debo. Right? Those type of things are... Those are, those are high-leverage plays, and if he puts Jimmy in those positions, which I think in this game, again, they will be there, and whether or not he can make them, I don't necessarily know if Kyle's going to rely on him as much as he maybe had in the past because if there's anything that he's understood about Jimmy up to this point is what he can and what he cannot do. So going into this game, he's going to – Kyle's there's, – there's two things when I look at it. Kyle's offense is really predicated – on using window dressing, motion, maybe pulling out a guard to go one way just simply because he wants to move a linebacker out of the way. So in theory, philosophically, that's blocking him without blocking him. You just take him out of the play because he understands what his opponent's keys are and what the defense is doing to his offense and how they are looking to play against him. And with the way that the Cowboys play, in lieu of all those turnovers that they have, the motion and the window dressing and the misdirection stuff is going to take advantage of all of that aggression. I really could see it folding out that way where it's like, oh, they, they know that Trayvon Diggs likes to jump routes. They know that, that Micah Parsons, when he, when he commits and you, you, he sees someone coming to his side, he's going to fly off the edge. He's going to shoot up the field. Randy Gregory's going to crash down hard. All those type of things. Kyle knows, and I feel like he's going to be able to find a way to be able to just make something happen for his team. But why this was so hard to pick was because, well, then when Dallas gets the ball back on offense, they're so talented that they can make something happen. So then I started thinking about what it's going to be like in the trenches, right? What it's going to be like in the trenches with this game. And I honestly think you have two of the best offensive linemen in the league going to be playing in this game. The Niners are looking to get Trent Williams back, who you know very well, Brandon. And and Zach Martin is on the other is on the other side for the Cowboys. He's I think right this season has been the best guard and honestly has carved himself out a Hall of Fame career to this point. And they're going to be going against the likes of like I already mentioned Parsons, Gregory for Dallas, etc. But then for the Niners you got Nick Bosa, Armstead, whoever else you need. And there's a unique unique ability to Eric Armstead is that you can kind of move him to wherever you need to. And they and they do a nice job on that San Francisco defensive front of figuring out where they need to deploy him. And D'Amico Ryans against the Rams said, no, we're going to put you basically at anywhere from a zero to a one technique. And people listening, that's basically either head up on the center, zero technique, we are nose to nose. If you're in a one technique, that means that Eric Armstead, the D tackle, that his helmet is on either the left shoulder of the right shoulder of the center. That's, the, that's a one technique. doesn't matter which side. So that's a zero to a one. 
and they still be decided in that Rams game, they're just going to punish Brian Allen over and over and over and over and over again with that physically imposing body. And I think the place where they can do that against the Cowboys is going to be probably on the left guard. Connor McGovern, most likely. Connor McGovern, most likely. So that's really where I see that San Francisco having another advantage just from that angle. I like the Niners to win. I really do. I like the Niners to win. We got Kyle Shanahan going against the former head coach that was over there in Atlanta with him and Dan Quinn when Kyle was the offensive coordinator. And Dan Quinn has deviated a little bit from his cover three. He's still a single high safety dude running primarily. He still runs a lot of cover three. That's his second most often called coverage, but he runs a lot of cover one. And cover one is basically just man defense everywhere. And then on the top of it, you just got one single high safety rotating to where they need to. And just with how multiple so many people are in the San Francisco offense and all of the window dressing and the motions that I was talking about earlier, how much stress that's going to put on an offense that, or on a defense, I mean, from Dallas that wants to just get on top of you right away. Yeah, I, I got to think that the Niners are going to be able to take advantage of all that. I like San Francisco to win. Let me call it 20, 24, 20, San Francisco. Oh. Just shy, I'm just shy of that over-under. I'm just shy of it. Actually, no, let me go 28-24. Let's go that route, 28-24. Interesting. It's a hard game to pick. It's very it's hard. hard. It, it, it really is. Because I was really close. Like I said, when I was, you know, before the show, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I'm thinking of going with the Niners just because of how they've been playing. Everything you broke down, I broke down. Brandy broke down. It, it's, you know, it's just the way they've been playing. And you look at who they've been playing and how they've been playing with that run game and how creative Kyle is. It's, they have that offense where they could – and that's another thing, too. They have an offense where they can keep Dak and that offense off the field, too, as well. So, you know, but I don't know. I just feel like they got enough talent. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. This, this is going to be a dope, dope, dope game. Real, real good one. And this one comes on in the Sunday window at 4.30 p.m. The previous game they replayed, the which was 4.30 p.m. I think that's, yeah, it's Eastern time. And then the Raiders game is the first playoff game of wildcard weekend, dropping at 1.30 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday. So, yeah, going to be nice. Going to be nice. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about this weekend. Um this season has been crazy. We've had so much football, so many days of football. Um, very interesting outcomes certain weekends. So, um, and with ongoing, you know, COVID protocols and that sort of thing, that could completely change everything. Um so, yeah, but this matchup, I'm definitely looking another one that I'm looking forward to. Um, it should be a good one. Hopefully it is not like, you know, one sided. It'll be good. We're going to take a short break with a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. What's up, guys? It's Jordan. And there's two things that I have to drink every day. And no, one of them is not craft beer. 
but that's water and coffee. Every morning I have to have a cup of coffee. This episode is brought to you by imwisecoffeecompany.com. I tried the Caramel Trust, the Morning Equity, and the one thing that stands out most to me about both of them is the quality. Wake up in the morning, turn on a game, fire up some breakfast, and pour yourself a cup of I Am Wise Coffee. Go to imwisecoffeeco.com, enter in the promo code COVERZERO, save yourself 10%, and the quality will be there. Guaranteed. Welcome back. Cover Zero Podcast, the wild card weekend preview. Uh, and before we get into our last preview before the weekend starts, we are actually going to hit you guys with two more shows after this one. So if you catch this on your Thursday morning, our regular drop, we know there's not a game until Saturday when we have our first slate of the wild card weekend. But then we also have three on Sunday, and then there's the one on the Monday as well. So you're going to get this one that you're hearing now, obviously, Thursday morning, you're going to get one on Sunday morning, and you're going to get one on Monday morning as well. So everybody in my Facebook timeline, yeah, you're going to get tagged, tagged, and tagged. That's just what I do. You already know this by now. <clears throat> so as we sit in now and look at this game, and the next one we're going to preview is the Patriots at the Bills. Patriots at Bills part three in 2022 well the first one in 2022 we just had two throughout the course of the regular season and it was really a tale of two separate games honestly and just the weather was a huge factor in the first one and it didn't and it really was it was very noticeable in the second game that how much the weather impacted that first game just from how josh allen played to how bill belichick called the game to so many different things Right. And as we approach part three, bro, like where where are you leaning out of the gate as to which team has the advantage going into this one? I think the advantage. Well, that's that's a good that's a great question. I mean, it's a simple question, but it's a great question because the advantage when you when you think about when you when you think about it, as far as coaching wise, it's on the Patriots side, obviously, because they got the greatest coach of all time. I think they have the advantage when it comes down to that. But talent-wise, team-wise, it's with the Bills. Yeah, and I think what yeah. we've seen in that last game is kind of what we're going to see in this game. I think the only reason why this matchup is such an interesting matchup is because of how Bill has been in the playoffs. Obviously, he's had Tom Brady. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have him here. But this team has been pretty good this year. It's been better than what a lot of people expected, mm-hmm. and they've been pretty creative on offense. I mean, you look at Mac Jones and what he's doing early on in his career, I mean, th- this team is looking like they're going to be a force for another, you know, 10 years, you know, for, for a while until Bill is ready to go is how I, how I see it. But the, the point of the matter is the Bills is just a more talented team. And, and Josh Allen, what he's been able to do now, he has had some turnovers. He had a really bad game, not the last game, the game against Atlanta, the game before that, he had three turnovers. Which was un, un it's, it's crazy to say this unlikely of him because he hasn't had a game like that in a little a little while. He's been kind of consistent as far as like not really turning over the ball too much, at least not three interceptions in a game. 
that was one where he kind of like fell apart a little bit, but he bounced back against what was the Jets. That was the last game they played, right? Yeah, Jets was the last game they played. Yep. Yeah, and he took care of business. You know, they did what they needed to do. So, and then obviously the last time they played the Patriots, they did they they played pretty well. Brian Dable, who most likely will be getting a, a head coaching gig somewhere down the line, he called a really good game. You know, and then the Patriots, they just wasn't able to do, going back to what you said, they weren't able to do what they did in the first game. The weather was really bad. They ran the ball, you know, a thousand times, you know, and they, they were really, really, really effective. Matt Jones didn't really throw the ball that well, you know, at all, really. It wasn't that well. He just didn't throw the ball at all. And they were able to really control the clock. And that didn't happen in, the, in that last game, you know. And so I, I think – the Bill and then them it, it being in Buffalo, I just think the Bills have a really good idea what the Patriots want to do. I think on defense, it it, it can start off kind of slow because we uh, Bills a defensive guy, but I just think at the end of the day, man, this this team, it just has too much firepower on, yeah, on offense. I, they I really do. They, they got too much. They got too much. And and Josh Allen, you know, I mean, we we talked about him a little bit or a lot more actually on this podcast and gave him credit, you know, and, and what he's been able to do with his legs and in the passing game with his arm. You know, he's been able to lure defensive uh, defenders, you know, because of, of, of him running, you know, safety's got to drop down. They got to watch for that. And he's able to throw on the run. I mean, he's been really, really effective with that. You know, and I think that's it's it's gonna play it's gonna play a factor in this game. And I don't think the Patriots got enough on offense to really, really keep up with them. This is gonna be Mac Jones's first playoff game. You know, uh, I'm sure they're gonna have a good game plan on defense. I'm not saying they're not gonna have a good point game plan on offense. I just don't think it's enough. Right. I just don't think it's enough. And so, you know, here I, I got the I got the Bills winning this one right here, twenty seven to seventeen. Yeah, I'm with you 100% that this, the Bills are really the more clearly talented team. And in week, what was it, week uh, week 16, because they played yeah. twice. So it was week 16 when the Bills won. And in New England, ironically, whatever team was on the road during the regular season is the one that got the W. Right. And it was right. in week 16 just where Josh made, that was his best game of the year. And maybe right. even his best game as a pro to yeah. me. I mean, he had some ones last year where he was just unbelievable, and we were like, wow, Josh is for real. That's when like, all of us are kind of like, man, our uh, draft assumptions of this dude is a prospect. Right. Let's go ahead. Did we write those in pencil or pen? Because I like to erase them. <laughs> 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 you know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, that was really that. I just remember that. And then it was like, okay, well, let's see if he can sustain it. And then he did. And I think this year, that one was just the best performance that I've probably ever seen from him because it was just everything that he brings to the table now at this stage in his career. Like you were talking about with his ability to run the ball and how safeties come out of the roof a lot sooner than they would for other quarterbacks because they know that if somebody else gets there, there's a good challenge that Josh Allen is going to finish that run very well and fall forward and take people with him, you know, or run by somebody else. Like he is really a, he is a problem in a lot of ways for teams to deal with. And like you said, just the talent is very noticeable. The one question that I was thinking of actually, as I was driving home from work this evening, and I want to pose it to you. Do you think there's anything that Bill Belichick 
has not thrown at Josh Allen yet that he kind of has up his sleeve because we all know Bill is that guy who likes to take away what you do best. Right. But we also know that this is he's played Josh, what, eight times now over the course of his career. But this is the first time he's going to play him in the postseason. Mm -hmm. Do you think he has one special like trick up his sleeve for him or has he just kind of shown him his cards and they're just going to try to execute better? That's a great question. <laughs> I want to say he showed him his cards. I don't know what else he, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if, if he has anything else, it would be something that he created going into this game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, right. I mean, it's hard for me to, you know, that, but that, but since he's such a great head coach, you would think like, okay, well, if he's able if if he does have some and and he and he create and it was going into this game, he's good enough to create something going into this game. So I'm gonna say he he's given every he's I'm gonna say he's tried everything for the most part, but he may switch some things around. Maybe you know maybe he switched some things around. Maybe some things he thought wouldn't work, he's gonna try anyway because the things that he tried that would work didn't work. If that make if that makes sense, mm -hmm. you know things yeah. he tried, you know. So maybe some some switching up some things and whatnot. But for the most part, I think he's really tried the best he could with with Josh. Uh, you know, I one thing I will say though, and I and I talked about it, Josh. You know, he can make some mistakes. He can make some mistakes, and mm -hmm. maybe 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 Bill. You know, I'm I'm sure he's looking at that Atlanta tape. I'm sure he's looking at that Atlanta tape, like you know what. The Colts that. game. He didn't have a good game against the Colts. The Colts too. Yeah, them too. Them too. I'm sure he's looking at some. What What can he do to you know cause him to have those type of games? You know that he can you know add to his you know long you know list of of play calling you know plays for the defense. So that's a great question. I'm gonna say. You know, I think he's really thrown as much as he could, but it ain't over. I mean, he, he no. has more than I'm sure he's coming up with. He's still watching tape. He's still thinking. You know, that's what makes him the great – in my mind, that's what makes him the greatest coach of all time. Me too. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I, if, if there's somebody better, somebody got to show me. Somebody got to show me because he's not outdated. He's still dated, and he's still here. I mean, he's, 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 he's right, right here in the here. playoffs. We, I mean, we didn't expect him to be. Nobody, I don't know who outside of maybe some Patriot fans. I don't know who expected expected the Patriots to be here right now. With right, Matt I Jones. had this spot locked up by the. Uh, I had this spot locked up by Buffalo, the, and then Miami coming in second. I mean, I didn't have Miami in the playoffs. I didn't. I remember that. You didn't. I had the I Ravens. I had, I had the Ravens in the playoffs. Who's not in the playoffs? That is in the playoffs. I had the Ravens in. I remember I had Pittsburgh with a losing record for the first time in Mike Tomlin's tenure, and Mike just too damn good to not let me be right. So <laughs> I had uh, Cleveland in the playoffs as well. And then I had the Chargers in the playoffs over us. Those are the three different. See, teams. I did see that. That was the difference because I had the Raiders in, and I had the Browns in, and I had Miami in. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> and so, then you had Baltimore too, though, right? I had Baltimore. Yeah, I had Baltimore. I had yeah. Baltimore in, Browns in. And we yeah, Baltimore is basically that can be our Cincy sub right there. Yeah. I had I had Baltimore, Baltimore in, Pittsburgh in, Browns yeah. in. Miami New in. New England out. And New England. Sure. We both had New England out. Yep. Miami in. Raiders in. Chargers out. 
So okay. I don't know. I got to see yeah. how that all. Yeah, but basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> we didn't. To your point, we didn't have the Patriots here. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 We didn't yeah, have yeah. the Patriots here, and I, I don't know how many people really did. So, you know, they're they're just you know obviously the, what they're doing there, the coaching staff, their drafting, what they're planning in place for years to come is 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 here. You know, so you know this, this is this is. This is going to be a good game. I just don't think they have enough. That's my right. thing. I just don't think they have enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think the weather, when we saw that first one, the weather definitely hit the Bills harder than it hit the Patriots. It was almost, it was not almost, I would even say, it was a clear boost to limiting everything that Josh Allen can do. Because the biggest advantage that the Bills have is what Josh Allen is capable of doing as a quarterback back there. And compare in comparison to what Mac Jones' limitations as a quarterback are, and then the biggest advantage for the Patriots over the Bills would be what the Patriots' run game is is able to do in comparison to what the Bills' run game is able to not do. So yeah. really, like when you get that type of weather and you just want to take it away from the quarterback because down the field throws just aren't going to happen when you got like fifty whatever mile an hour winds it was. Like I know Josh got a howitzer and a cannon, but those elements are something else. And we saw that on display when they played again. Looking into, like, basically, though, how, like, Mac Jones has been, just like you said, he's been the best rookie quarterback, and I don't really think there's any uh, disagreement there Mm -hmm. looking at just the scope of the regular season and how all these guys played. But lately, I would honestly say from, like, week 11 on, Mac Jones has not been the same dude. He has. He has. He has. He had one good game in that stretch, and it was against the Jaguars. And then beyond that, it's just it's he's looked more like I guess the guy that a lot of us thought that he would be. He would look, but see, he's you such know. with a he's with a great organization, great coach, amazing, greatest coach. Yep, you know, I mean, he couldn't have gone into a better situation. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, when you know me and me and CJ, we had the bet of just uh, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. And and Matt Jones, we had that before they got drafted. But when, mm-hmm. I, when Matt Jones got drafted, to him, <laughs> knew, I look, hey, I ain't gonna hold you, bro. Matt Nagy. <laughs> and, well, I like, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I did like the Bears getting Justin. I was okay with that because I, I love like, I love the move to make it happen. Like they needed a quarterback, and they were yeah, just like, let's exactly. get look, let's just go get him. I love that too. Exactly. But when Matt Jones went to New England, and I almost felt like okay, see. <laughs> I mean, he probably gonna win this. You know what I mean, with Matt Jones and Justin Fields, because he's in, a, he's at a place where he's going to thrive. Regard his his stats and things may look better at times than it really should be because of how the team is gonna be, how's how it's gonna be put together because of mm-hmm. how good that organization is. You know, now I'm not taking mm-hmm. nothing away from Matt Jones because he's looked really good. I mean, yeah, more times he's looked really good. You know, so, done what's asked of him. Yeah, he's done what, and he's and and he's executed. You know, some some players you ask them to execute, or you ask them to do what, what what's in front of them, they can't do it. I mean, there's a reason why he beat out Cam Newton. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, and we see that now. Now that Cam got his, I mean, granted, just like you said, in a different scenario, but nonetheless, Cam could not. Cam's arm just is it's just not there anymore. Mm-hmm. His time is just past. You know, is what it is. Uh. Within that first game, I I also watched that one on the All-22 today. 
in particular. And what I actually I didn't watch the whole game on the All 22. What I watched again was, and I watched this one earlier on the All 22, and I sent you guys a couple of clips, and I posted one on the SSAW page of one of the throws that Josh Allen made on an over route to Isaiah McKenzie, where he was under pressure. And it was just some, it was just, it was the arm talent. And like you said, just the talent is completely different. And the talent screamed off of the tape on that one, where you see him like evade pressure, go through his entire progression, Hmm. falling away from where the ball is going to go, throw his receiver open completely off platform without setting his feet. I mean, like, I don't know how much more difficulty we could really instill in one guy in one particular play and come out with the outcome that he did on that one. I mean, it was just disgusting mm-hmm. with that one. And there was just so many of those plays over. But watching just every every offensive throw, every throw, I particularly watched the throws from Josh Allen. It's that really he took what Bill and that Patriots defense gave him when they were able to get that W in Week 16. And really it was because Josh Allen, we know he's got the big cannon arm and he likes to take those risks downfield. He has the weapons to be able to do so. But the one thing that really stood out was how low his average depth of target in that game was. And then after I watched it, I I was like, dang, I'm not really seeing him like gun it as much as I remember because of course, after things are fresh, the highlights really stand out in your mind. But then when you go back and you watch it again, you know those highlights and where they are. But then you see all the other little things that end up being the sum of the result of the game. You know what I mean? Right. And in short passes, like shorter passes, he was doing, he was doing a lot of work there. And the numbers bared out to when he threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, he was six of seven for 36 yards. When he was throwing the ball short, which is from one to nine yards, he threw for, he was 17 of 22 for 174 yards and a touchdown. And in the medium range, 10 to 19 yards, he was 6 of 9 for 76 yards and two touchdowns and connected on one ball that went 20 yards or more. Right. Like, that's, that's probably, what was it? It was the only, what was the, the number said that it was the fifth time, the fifth time that he had his average depth of target under eight yards this season. So he really actually took a different approach and was playing in a cerebral way and dissecting a defense that's going to make you have to do different things on different snaps during different drives in different portions of the game against different coverages. And that was really dope to see. That was really dope to see there. And so as the Patriots go into this game, this is Bill Belichick's, as you said, the best coach ever. I concur. His 18th postseason appearance. But you know what's crazy, bro? This is his first time as a wild card. This Man, is the first time. What about the year? Uh, he played in Wild Card had... Weekend before, but he was never on the road going against someone else in the first round of the playoffs. Belichick never okay. was. So yeah, that's right. Because they didn't yeah. make the year. They didn't make it the year they went. Was it ten and six with Matt Castle? They didn't make it that year, huh? I can't I, we gotta go back. Off the top of my head. I don't think they. Miami won it, I believe. Thomas yeah, because I, I remember it being coach. like, wow, they he went ten and six and didn't, didn't make, make the playoffs. That was a crazy thing back then. Yeah. You didn't, you know, ten and six for sure got you in. Mm-hmm. But they didn't get in that year. I believe. I, we, we yeah, no, it. that sounds accurate. That sounds accurate. I don't have the stats on it, but that sounds very, very I want to say that's exactly right. But yeah, when I looked that up, I was like, wait a minute, what? 
And I was like reading the articles on the spreads, and I was reading another one on the spreads, and I was reading something else on the spreads, and I was like, wait, this is the first time he's been on the road in wild card weekend playing. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> right, right. But you know, the good thing is with him is he's going against a a, a opponent that for the third time. So he's he's right. familiar with things just go their way, bro. The things more I think do. about it, <laughs> the more I think about it and just talk about it. It, it just goes their way, man. I mean, yeah, they're in a wild card, but man, they're going against a team that they played already twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got Buffalo winning, but would we really be shocked if New England win? No, I'm not shocked. I'm not going to come on here and have my – I'm not going to come on <laughs> yeah. here after this Saturday and have my what's going on be Buffalo. Yeah. Kind of thing <laughs> right. Last right. Night right. Right. Like, hell no. Like, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Uh, yeah, before I get to the score for mines, I would say – the one other area I'd mentioned it earlier as far as where the advantages lie with each squad and the advantage for the Patriots is in their run game, as I'd said, and it's really with Damian Harris. And the yeah. more that I watch this dude on all 22, man, he has some amazing vision, amazing vision. He's strong. Like he's, he's, he's such good a in college, bro. He was, he was he, in college. He's such a complete running back. Yeah. Like yeah. there isn't anything that I would say he does better than like 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 there's maybe his vision his vision might be elite right like it i gotta watch more games before i before i get there but like every time i do watch him on the tape like it just pops off like how he's able to see cutbacks forming before they're there and vision is a trait that no matter what there's no way you can teach a running back vision there's no way because the picture is never ever ever the same it's a fact that's a fact always different it's all there's there's a there's there's 20 moving parts in front of you and you got to decide where the best place to go is in that fast (laughs) like that's a gift that's a gift gift. you have it or you don't you have vision or you don't and he definitely does and through and against playing the bills this year they definitely know he does because this dude in two games 28 carries 214 yards 7.6 7.6 yards per tote and four touchdowns. Like, and considering Mac Jones's recent struggles mm-hmm. and Damian Harris just continuing to be who he's been and the way the Patriots offensive line can just make holes in that run game. Yeah. I got to think that's what they're going to really rely on again. But see, and, he lied on it. Didn't Damian have over 100 yards in that last game? He sure did. And they lost by at least, what, double did was. It, no, they lost. They did by lose by double digits. You're right. It was 33-21. He had all their touchdowns. Yeah, Damian had 18 carries though. for 103 yards and three TDs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That see that that's crazy. But he didn't wreck the game. Kind of. He didn't. Remind me a little bit of the Jonathan Taylor versus the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders versus the Colts. You know, Jonathan Taylor had over 100 yards. I don't know if he had any. I think he had a touchdown, maybe. He or like, but he didn't wreck the game. That's how right. I, I, right. Harris didn't wreck the game. He, right. He didn't, did his wreck, thing, no. but he didn't, you know. Yeah. No, you're right. He didn't, he didn't like, he, the person that wrecked the game was Josh Allen. Like, even, right, you could right. even say, I would even say Isaiah McKenzie had more of a bigger impact on that game than Damian Harris. Isaiah McKenzie being like, who was a fifth year journeyman receiver right. that was playing in place of Cole Beasley, who had COVID during that game. Mm-hmm. And so now, if they can look to get, you know, they get, they're going to get Cole back. He's there. You're going to have Cole. You're going to have Isaiah McKenzie. 
Right now, Emmanuel Sanders, he's still questionable. We'll have to be able to see if he can go. And let's see. Damian Harris, he's questionable. He's likely to play. Adrian Phillips also sitting there questionable. David Andrews, Isaiah Wynn, and Kyle Duggar are also questionable. I just got to think that all those dudes are likely able to go. Like it's the yeah, playoffs. When, when, when you get a questionable in the playoffs, right, bro? Like, I was just, <laughs> I was just gonna say though, even even in the regular season, when you get questionable, questionable normally leans towards playing. Normally does. Normally, but normally I mean, does. in the playoffs, oh, that's almost like <laughs> you talking about eighty five percent. Yeah, the playoffs, yes, yeah, 85%. Regular season, I think it depends on the week, on the matchup. You're right. And then, you know, especially when you look at a questionable tag sitting here on a Tuesday, Wednesday, you know what I mean? Something yeah. like that. Maybe like 70, regular season. 70, yeah. I mean, yeah, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know all about that playing fantasy football as much as I do, and everybody listening knows that too. Playing <laughs> you see that red Q next to your dudes, you're like, all right, I'm going to have to tune in the morning of kickoff. <laughs> right. And see what he looking like in warm-ups. So, to get to my score, my long-winded ass, to get to my score. It's what we do, bro. It's what we do. (laughs) It's playoff weekend. I have, we're sitting here, the spread is Buffalo minus four, over under also sitting at 43. The money line, New England plus 165, Buffalo minus 200. I do, oh man, that Buffalo minus 200 on the money line is awful. Awful. (laughs) Um, let me go ahead. I got New England. No, I don't got New England. I got the Bills. 24 to 20. The talent, like you said, is too much. And Josh, just there's certain points where schematics and X's and O's and all that stuff just ain't going to matter. And I feel like at some point there's going to be a difference where it doesn't. And that's where the Bills get their advantage. Yeah, I agree. Appreciate y'all listening to the Cover Zero podcast. We are sitting here with our wild card weekend preview. We will be back, as I had said earlier, with our Saturday show. The first ever Saturday show. Yeah, it will be the first ever recorded Saturday show that we have had. I want to say. No, Henry and I did one last week since we had three wild card games on the weekend. Henry and I did one, not last week, but last year. We did one following wild card weekend when his Titans beat, when his Titans, or his Ravens, excuse me, lost to the Titans. One beat the Titans. This is why we need to get out of here. I'm stumbling over my words. <laughs> That's why we need to go. But anyway, we will be back. And, and the, the key thing about that, I know I already said that, but the key thing about that, we're going to have the whole group together on the show. The whole crew. The whole crew for the first time in a long time, in too long. Nonetheless, you guys get doses of each of us enough, maybe not enough, but you definitely don't get doses of all of us at the same time enough. So we will be back with that on Saturday. You're going to hear from us as well come Sunday, come Monday. Yeah, it's going to be a nice weekend. Cover Zero Podcast. Thank you for listening. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements to CoverZeroPodcast at gmail.com. To find all of the links to follow us on social media and also to find more exclusive content, visit us at tssaw.com. See you next week.